Hello and welcome. I'm Al Barrows, and this is UFO Disclosure, the podcast that's meant to show an average person's reaction to all the UFO, UAP news from everywhere and anywhere. Today, I'll be talking about the results of the UFO Disclosure Act and how it's been gutted. Um, there is no more review board. Um, there is no more eminent domain. Um, the only thing that's left, I guess, is the archives collection. Um, but without uh, subpoena power and uh, without the review board, it seems to be useless. So what's left? Um, people are predicting that the controlled disclosure is over, and the only thing that might remain would be a catastrophic disclosure. And they inserted this whole national security aspect um, which pretty much puts a stop to any information coming out to the public if um, the government sees that information as being a national security threat. Let's see what David Grush had to say about the results. Two key provisions were killed from this defense bill that basically water down the requirement to make public any information about spacecraft, about alien remains. I take it you're disappointed. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me on today. And, you know, what we're witnessing right now is, quite frankly, uh, the greatest legislative failure in, in American history. You know, you had a very strong amendment um, for government transparency on this issue, whether you believe um, my allegations are not. Uh, you know, this is a government transparency issue at large. And, you know, the legislation was modeled off of, uh, you know, previous government transparency um, issues. I mean, so we had a mixed bag of success, right? Um, if we believe the conference report uh, that was submitted uh, last week, Section 1687, which uh, effectively fences off money to illegal special access programs, something that uh, Marco Rubio, Mark Warner, and his staff on the uh, Senate Select for Committee for Intelligence championed. Uh, that did make it through uh, conference, and I do congratulate the senators that pushed hard to make sure that that was not removed during conference to help further this effort. It leaves the door open for anything that is, quote, national security, uh, we get to keep secret. 100%, and that's, and that's why we were going to have a neutral nine-person panel, and all that was enumerated in, in the Schumer Rounds you know, amendment earlier this year. And, then, and that was not written in a vacuum. Uh, that was written you know, with other individuals bringing them information as well. All right. Uh, were you hoping to be on that panel, that nine-person panel, that would make those decisions on what had to stay secret and what could be made public? Uh, certainly, it's not my place to be on the panel. I certainly uh, offered uh, through certain staff up to the White House. I would be happy to uh, participate. I mean, I'm happy to get coffee, for God's sakes. Uh, but you do know I was actually behind the scenes um, interviewing former undersecretaries, former uh, general officers, Nobel laureate-type folks that would fill those specific billets on the, you know, URRB, uh, which is the disclosure panel that was described in the Schumer amendments. So there are certainly people of high repute that were willing to serve on that panel to do their best to provide the president a recommendation on what he should disclose. And, and now that the panel is not um, uh, signed into public law on the legislative branch side, I mean, we need to advocate for the executive branch, you know, the office of the president through executive action um, to instate su such a body uh, to advise him on the best course of action now that, you know, Congress has failed to legislate appropriately and 
Um, I'm here to you know praise and admonish. I mean, certainly the Senate. Um, thank you for proposing that legislation. I'm glad you got some provisions passed. But uh, folks in the House, I mean, a, a total failure. It's one yeah, of the biggest you, failures probably in the history of Congress. Yeah. You okay. So there you go. He believes that um, it's one of the biggest failures in the history. I'd like to move on now to an article written by Christopher Sharp in the Liberation Times entitled Operation Kill Bill, How World-Changing UFO Language Was Killed and Sliced Up into Little Pieces. So Mr. Sharp is saying that people versus the defense contractors and the intelligence community is what it was all about. Also oversight versus corruption. And he also says that it was democracy versus special interests. And the latter in each case won. He also says that the control disclosure campaign has been killed. The independent review board dedicated to the disclosure of UAP information and materials has also been killed. The authority of eminent domain wielded by the U.S. federal government over any materials or biological evidence of unknown or non-human origin also killed. He's also saying that new whistleblower and witness protections have also been killed. I guess that can be stopped as well if you cite the national security uh, issue. He's also saying that the enforcement of subpoena has been killed. Yes, uh, Congress can no longer subpoena uh, materials or, I guess, whistleblowers. Amnesty provision for defense contractors and other entities in possession of UAP-related material and involved in illegalities has been killed. Okay, so uh, you won't have too many contractors, defense contractors coming forward with information because they no longer have amnesty is what that's all about. Those hostile to transparency and democratic oversight are now known. Okay, so he's saying that this has exposed those that are trying to stop um, the UAP Disclosure Act from being uh, put into law. Uh, he's saying that uh, some of those that have been exposed that are stopping UFO disclosure are Lockheed Martin, of course, the Representative Mike Turner, Chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Representative Mike Rogers, Chair of the House Armed Services Committee, and of course, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, Senator Mitch McConnell, of course, um, he's always being used. They are hiding something. Despite Rep. Turner's apparent lack of interest and disregard for UAP allegations, he has vehemently strived to eliminate any substantive language within the NDAA. If there's truly nothing to hide, why are influential members of Congress allegedly aided by CIA and defense contractors working so hard to conceal something that supposedly doesn't even exist. So this raises the serious questions and strongly hints at a substantial cover-up. Okay, so the Liberation Times has obviously made it clear that uh, control disclosure is pretty much over. Uh, many are insinuating that only catastrophic disclosure is left. What exactly is meant by catastrophic disclosure? Russ Coldhart from News Nation um, seems to think that he has a good handle on that. And I'd like to show that. Uh... Impedance of the UAP Disclosure Act has done is make 
inevitable, what some people are calling catastrophic disclosure. And by yeah. catastrophic disclosure, I mean the coming forward of whistleblowers in ways that the government can't control, because it's going to happen. I mean, the reality is you cannot suppress the story any longer. There are a lot of people, not just David Grush, who are very, very angry that the technologies and the discoveries behind what we're talking about here are being improperly withheld from the knowledge, not just of the American people, but of the entire human race. There is a profound paradigm shifting discovery that has been improperly, illegally, indeed criminally withheld from the knowledge of the public. And no matter what happens with legislation before the Congress, that story will eventually out. Okay, there you have it. So Russ Colhart on News Nation believes that catastrophic disclosure is the release of UFO information without the government being able to control it. So what happens next um, now that um, the Schumer bill or the UAP Disclosure Act has been gutted or watered down? Uh, like to show a clip of Steve Bassett. He seems to think that he knows what to do next. This is very important. This, the gutting of this bill does not in any way impede the Senate Intel Committee, chaired by Mark, uh, Marco Rubio and Mark uh, Warner, to call the hearings that there's several dozen witnesses ready to testify. People like Grush, or even better, 10, 15, 20 witnesses are prepared to go in front of the Senate Intel Committee as soon as possible, sit down, take an oath, and over a period of five days, maybe morning afternoon sessions, tell things every bit as powerful as what Grush said and more. And those hearings will blow the truth embargo wide open. That's where this has always been headed. Once those hearings have been held, then the president, in a passive nonpartisan way, will, after 76 years, be able to step out in the East Room and say to the American people that I've watched these hearings along with you. The testimony is compelling and profound. I've discussed it with my top officials as well as the Department of Defense, and we have come to a consensus that yes, we are not alone. We have extraterrestrial or non-human engagement. We have extraterrestrial or non-human technology, and I'm sure you wanna know all about this, and we will start the process of telling you starting Monday morning, because this will probably happen on a Friday. Now, here's what happens after that. Once the president has confirmed the extraterrestrial presence, then, They'll just reintroduce the bill as a standalone. And given the fact the world has just been told by the president and probably most other uh, the rest of the world leaders that we're not alone, we have an extraterrestrial presence, that bill will fly through the House and Senate like that, and they'll get all that infrastructure just a little late. Hopefully they won't wait too long, because once the president makes that announcement, I assure you all hell breaks loose. And if they don't have everything in place to properly address the process of disclosure and all of the concerns that the media and the public have, it's going to be chaos and that would be wrong. And so I'm saying that we're going to get disclosure hopefully in January. That bill will be reintroduced and passed and we will enter the post-disclosure world and years will go on where we are getting information out of our deepest, most secret facilities, documents and everything else up through a very responsible process with, with, or interview, uh, with review uh, ability uh, with with uh, committee members of Congress and the review board having this exact highest clearance you can have to be able to look and see anything. There will be no project, no document that they cannot see. They will have full special access, and that will be part of this, and we will go forward in the post-disclosure world. So we haven't lost. We've just been a slight setback, but now Chairman Mark Warner and Ranking Member Marco Rubio, 
these are the people that have the absolute most authority and ability to call that hearing. The president can't call it, and nobody else can call it. Only them. Okay. So Steve Bassett uh, is adding a positive note there. He believes that we should just uh, forge ahead, um, push for more hearings, um, which he believes would create a standalone bill. And then eventually he says that the president would make an announcement. And uh, I guess that would be Biden. Um, we'll see about that. So I'd like to go to News Nation and uh, show a brief clip of who they think was uh, responsible for the um, bill being gutted. Now, over in the Senate, the Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Republican Mike Rounds also pushing for more disclosure. But this year's defense bill does not go as far. While the bill would require the government to disclose the sightings to the National Archives, eventually some of those becoming public, it does give federal agencies and the president significant latitude to keep such sightings classified. Why? The congressional source says it was House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner who resisted the push for greater disclosure. His office did not respond to our request for comment, and the Pentagon, meanwhile, declined to comment. So the mystery continues. And News Nation seems to put the blame squarely on Mike Turner. So I wonder how the public feels about uh, Mike Turner uh, being so effective in blocking the UAP Disclosure Act. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. I think the public is making it pretty clear there how they feel about what Mike Turner did in relation to uh, watering down or gutting the Schumer bill. On a more uh, studied and positive note, I'd like to show a clip of Dan Sheehan, the um, noted uh, civil rights and constitutional lawyer and how he's continuing to fight for UAP disclosure at the White House and how he has a solid plan in place. Transparency surrounding unidentified anomalous phenomena or UAPs commonly known as UFOs. Lawmakers are working to pass a defense bill that creates a collection of records for public viewing. The National Defense Authorization Act establishes a process to collect government records for the National Archives, and if passed and signed into law, information older than 25 years will be released to the public. Here to talk more about it, founder of the New Paradigm Institute and civil rights and constitutional law attorney, Daniel Sheehan. Thank you for being with us. What would these provisions specifically call for? What types of information and transparency might we see on this topic? Well, uh, Marty, there's, there are two levels of the transparency. Uh, one of the uh, levels is the revelation of the information that the government and its aerospace uh, contractors hold relating to the UFO phenomenon and the UAP phenomenon uh, have to be disclosed basically to Congress. That's, that's one of the most important constitutional provisions of this new law, that uh, the information has been being withheld for decades from Congress. Uh, so this law is extraordinarily important in that it, it orders the gathering and the placing of this information in the National Archives and that the Senate Intelligence Committee and House Intelligence Committee, for example, have access to it, those who have adequate security clearances. This is the first time this has ever been done 
in the in the government. The second level of disclosure is the disclosure of information to the public. Uh, basically, what this does is it gives authority to the president to release any information that he or she chooses uh, to the public. Uh, and it and it takes it out of the hands, uh, basically the exclusive hands of the various agencies like the CIA and the Defense Department, etc. Uh, so this is this is a uh, a a more streamlined, stripped down version of the original bill that was proposed by the United States Senate Intelligence Committee uh, that had basically unanimous support. Uh, across the board from both Republican and Democratic senators and House members, but the portions of it were blocked uh, by the Republican head of the Intelligence Committee in the House and the Armed Services Committee. But this is a, this is a bill that gives us some significant advance uh, despite the extraordinary levels of criticism that have been leveled at this stripped-down version. Because most importantly, there's a provision in the Act uh, which is uh, is uh, section, uh, let's see here, what the, the, anyway, there's a section in the bill right here, which is section 1687, that actually prohibits the use of any of the UFO information or UAP technology or information to be used for back engineering to make any weapon systems or anything else, uh, and it needs, unless it's rep reported to the Congress. And that way, the Congress has the ability for the first time in history to exercise oversight authority to determine what might be done with this information pertaining to UFOs. Now, thirdly, the most extraordinary aspect of this particular bill is that for the very first time in history, it acknowledges that the United States government is in possession of information pertaining to an extraterrestrial spacecraft that has been recovered by our United States government. And it also demands that the information be revealed to Congress pertaining to the non-human intelligence uh, that is behind these UFOs. This is an absolutely extraordinary breakthrough uh, in the history of dealing with the UFO phenomenon. And people need to not lose track of this uh, extraordinary fact uh, by, because of some of the provisions, important provisions, that have been taken out of the original bill that was proposed by the United States Senate. So we in the in the New Paradigm Institute, which is a, uh, a citizens organization, which is designed to try to maximize the degree of disclosure that's going to be made to the public uh, itself. Uh, this is this is a uh, a step that needs to be taken. The citizens still need to remain mobilized to get access to this information, but we've achieved the goal of getting the information conveyed to Congress now. So that's the present state of this bill right now, and it's going to be passed probably around December 21st or so. But the language has been pretty well finalized right now, and so you hear a lot of complaints coming in, uh, legitimate complaints about some of the provisions that have been taken out of the bill. Uh, for example, the demand that there be particular dates and deadlines established for the providing of the information over to the to the archives. The present bill just says as soon as practicable, you know, as soon as it's able to, to be done. But there, there were deadlines set by the Senate Intelligence Committee bill that have now been taken out. Uh, and so the, the need for citizen pressure uh, remains very, very high. Uh, the New Paradigm Institute is one of the groups that has been designated as the authorized citizens group to mobilize and coordinate citizen pressure on the Congress now 
to exercise its responsibility under this act to both see that the information is extracted from the various government agencies, defense department agencies, military services, central intelligence agency, and other groups, that they need to extract that information and get it available for Congress right away. Yeah. Well, the court of public opinion is out, and people want to see what this information has in store. Uh, Daniel Sheehan, uh, that's the time we have for now, but thank you for your perspective. Okay. I appreciate it. That was Daniel Sheehan, uh, civil rights and uh, constitutional lawyer, uh, giving more of a positive uh, a point of view on um, what happened with the Schumer bill. He points out that Congress uh, will still have access to information on UAP, which uh, historically uh, they've always been blocked from that sort of information and data. Authority has still been given to the president with this new Schumer bill to release uh, any information to the public, as long as it doesn't uh, um, involved national security. And that takes it out of the hands of the CIA and the defense contractors. Um, portions of the bill were blocked, he pointed out, but it's still a significant advance, according to Daniel Sheehan. And there's a portion in the um, Schumer bill uh, 1687 that um, prohibits UAP data for uh, uh, being used for reverse engineering unless Congress knows about it. And that has never happened before. Anything that has to do with uh, UFO um, or UAP crash retrieval, uh, reverse engineering, or any data must be revealed to the Congress. And uh, lastly, Daniel Sheehan pointed out that uh, this new uh, streamlined, uh, using his word, streamlined bill uh, should be signed into law and should be passed by December the 21st of 2023. I'd like to show a clip of Mike Rounds. Um, he's the rep along with um, Schumer uh, who pushed for the um, European Disclosure Act, uh, which is why it was officially called the Schumer-Rounds uh, Bill. I think the American people would love to know, you know more about what our capabilities are and was there actually, you know, something found at some point in the past that helped us to develop some of our technologies? That remains to be seen, or at least it remains to be disclosed. Okay, so that was Mike Rounds of the uh, uh, Rounds-Schumer bill, wondering uh, what uh, could come out of reverse-engineered materials. And I'd like to talk about um, Colonel Corso, um, author of this book right here, The Day After Roswell. Colonel Corso um, wrote the book uh, detailing how um, he was in charge of a uh, secret program in the military assigned to um, take reverse engineered materials from crash sites and insert them into our industry. I'd like to read excerpts uh, from an online article on hows and whys by Vicky Verma, give a little background information on Colonel Corso. So this is taken from How and Whys. Um, it's an article by uh, the outstanding uh, online author and researcher Vicky Verma, and it's entitled Retired U.S. Army Colonel Claimed Aliens in Roswell UFO crash were 
bio-robots built for space travel. The information about the Roswell crash and so-called extraterrestrial biological entities revealed by retired U.S. officer Philip James Corso was a breathtaking move in the history of ufology. In his 21 years of serving, he claimed to have alleged involvement in the research of extraterrestrial technology recovered from the 1947 incident. Corso emphasized that the advancement in the technology that the world achieved in the past decades cannot be possible without the help of other worlds. And for those of you that have a visual on this, this is what uh, Colonel Corso looked like in his younger days. He's shaking the hands of General uh, Brown there. So during uh, Colonel Corso's military career, he was granted nine clearances above top secret. Pretty high. These included cryptographic satellites, code, and intercept special operations clearances, and the quote-unquote eyes-only category of special White House NSC matters. This allowed him to have an eye on matters within the government, which included UFO information. He was the chief of the Foreign Technology Division in the U.S. Army, R&D, which stands for Research and Development. He received the piece of information that a sample recovered from the western U.S. desert was believed to be from a UFO. The material had immense strength, but at the time was as light as a feather. It was perfect for space travel, and no space debris could harm it. Corso concluded UFOs existed. His team had reports of objects from a mothership, and they believed what was recovered were parts of a sphere-type probes. Usually four or five of these came from every saucer. And I've reported on sphere-type uh, probes before. He further explained that the radar images of formations are probably these probes surrounding one or two flying saucers. Corso argued that many technical discoveries that appeared in the following decades, such as Kevlar body armor, optical fiber, transistors, night vision devices, and the integrated circuit chip were a direct result of what scientists studied and found inside the alien spacecraft. He also claimed that his job had been to transfer the alien technology to American companies. And I'm showing here, for those of you that have uh, visuals, his co-author uh, helped him write the book, The Day After Roswell, Bill Burns. 1957, while in command of the Army's missile firing range at Red Canyon, New Mexico, Corso came up against a most perplexing problem. There had been much speculation that UFOs engage in time travel. He later discussed this with German scientists, and they were of the opinion that this was the fact. The UFO's terrific acceleration and flashy disappearance and appearance is caused by exit and entry into a time dimension. An interesting version that Corso advanced was that the two UFOs were entering our time zone. At the same time, they collided. One went on to crash at Roswell, the other was damaged, and a brief fell into our time zone. It accelerated at terrific speed, exceeding its own limits, and fell just west of Red Canyon. In the book, The Day After Roswell, 
and hopefully if you were able to see it, I held it up. I'm not sure whether it, um, it was able to be seen. Uh, the book, in the book itself, there are strong revelations about aliens that even ufologists consider particularly fictional or much exaggerated. At the same time, Corso suddenly died of an unexpected heart attack just a few months after the publication of his book. Conspiracy theorists believe that he was simply silenced by authorities because he had revealed many things. Corso repeatedly argued that the U.S. government was hiding the truth about UFOs and aliens to profit from it in the tech sector. In the book, he described not only the UFO technology, but also talked about the alien bodies found during the crash. According to him, gray aliens, also referred to as Zeta Reticulans, were not really aliens, but bio-machines specifically created to work on other planets. He wrote that as far as he knew, no one had encountered real aliens, and all eyewitnesses or abductees had seen only big-headed and black-eyed bio-machines. To prove his claim, Corso described what he had seen during the autopsy. He wrote that those aliens were without any digestive system and their bodies were linked to the spacecraft as if they were controlled through ships. He further, he wrote further that those extraterrestrial biological objects, as indicated in the autopsy reports, were humanoid robots specially designed to travel long distances in space and time. The following is an interview with Philip J. Corso, recorded in 1996 in Florida. You say you also had uh, reports on uh, bodies, on alien bodies? I have, yeah, that came from uh, Walter Reed. Hmm. Were they pretty, I mean, they, they definitely said not that these were genetic humans or no, something. No, here's what, uh, the report the thing that I was mostly interested in in the report was the two lobes in the brain. There are two lobes there. Mm -hmm. And this movie showed part of that. They didn't know what they had, though. Right. Uh, there were two lobes in the brain, and interconnected. And also, the lid. That's where I got the information on the extra lid, extra eyelid. And we figured that that extra eyelid was nothing more than a... Uh, something like our night viewing device, you know, filtered light. So Phil Corso was very interested in the uh, biological uh, entities that uh, flew uh, the UAPs that uh, he was uh, studying. Uh, going back to what Mike Round said about the reverse engineering, uh, he was very curious about uh, what... Uh, could have come about from reverse engineering and how the Schumer rounds bill would um, expose all of that. I'd like to show a clip of what the defense contractors have probably done with some of that reverse engineering. This is the TR-3B Black Manta, a top secret triangle-shaped spy plane with anti-gravity capabilities developed from captured Nazi research, capable of high turns and undetectable on radar and potentially using extraterrestrial technology. It uses highly pressurized mercury, accelerated by nuclear energy, to produce plasma that creates an anti-gravity field around the ship. Conventional thrusters located at the tips of the craft 
allow it to perform all manner of rapid high-speed maneuvers along all three axes. Interestingly, the plasma generated also reduces radar signature significantly, so it'll be almost invisible on radar and remain undetected. This literally means that it can go to any country it likes without being detected by air traffic control and air defense systems. The U.S. has been researching anti-gravity technology for 70 years, with numerous studies conducted by respected agencies, and it is of great interest to the military and scientists due to its potential to reduce aircraft mass using electromagnetic propulsion. There you have it. Um, that's a prime example of what um, is being done by the reverse engineered uh, materials from crashed UAPs. So we can see what physically um, has come about from reverse engineering stuff like the TR-3B, uh, Black Manta. But what of the effect on our culture, um, all this UAP disclosure uh, talk and uh, how it's changed our mindset. I'd like to show a clip of how it's um, affected our culture and mindset in social media, that is. Since 2023, experts testified under oath that not only are aliens real, they're here on Earth. Planet. I believe that aliens are absolutely real, that they're here on Earth, possibly even walking among us. Moon Pie will be the first brand to capitalize on this intergalactic demographic. Tapping into new customer bases builds brand loyalty, and aliens, being more scientifically advanced, likely live much longer than humans, which means the potential profit from backing this audience is exponential. But like any demographic, we have to understand where they hang out, what they like, and how we get their attention. So, we consulted the experts. My name is Daniel Oberhaus, and I'm the author of Extraterrestrial Languages. My name's Holly Wood. I'm a UAP researcher. UAP is unidentified anomalous phenomena. My name's Sean Christopher Cahill. I'm a UAP disclosure activist. So in your experience with extraterrestrials, are they curious? Are they inquisitive? Do they like sweets? What was that, that last part? In the spirit of market research, we asked every question we could possibly want answered about this new demographic, like, where do they live? UAP sightings have become a global phenomenon. Some species may like a more dry, arid climate like a desert. Water seems to be a clear place where they like to show themselves. The area in and around D.C. and southern Florida. Those areas seem to be hot spots for UAP. What about the pyramids? Pyramids and those sacred sites may have had something to do with the phenomenon in our past. What gets their attention? flashing lights, microsecond pulses of light. The beings tend to interface or react with, with tones. I do believe that they are interested in music. If we can get a catchy jingle for aliens, that would be an amazing first start. And finally, would they appreciate a good deal? I don't think that we're going to find that many differences between them and us. So we could slip them a coupon and they'd be real happy. I think we could. But the most important thing the experts taught us was how to use the alien language. This is a extraterrestrial language from this very basic foundation. You can start to get into more complicated subjects. After months of market research and collaboration with extraterrestrial experts, it's time to bravely go where no brand has gone before and launch a global ad campaign created exclusively for the aliens living here on Earth.
Pie to do a campaign like this, I think is really going to be a milestone in the history of extraterrestrial communication. So I thought that was hilarious, um, but also significant because Moon Pai um, believes that aliens are so real that they've actually added them to their demographic and have mounted a um, sales campaign for them. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. thought it was necessary to cover both the negative and positive aspects of what's going on with the UFO disclosure. It's not all bad um, as long as we continue to have hearings and um, we still have um, unprecedented uh, stuff going on that has never happened before, the transparency for Congress that they're able to have access to this information has never happened before. Um, all this should be passed into law by December the 21st. Still a need, according to Daniel Sheehan, the constitutional lawyer, for us to push our Congress to take action and keep pushing for those portions of the bill that was blocked to get those back in there. And um, I thought I'd put the information back up so that you guys could easily just go to um, USA.gov and uh, contact your officials, let them know that you still want transparency about the whole UFO, UAP issue, or you can just call them at 1-844-USA-GOV, followed by the number one. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. I have a website, ufo-disclosure.com. My Instagram is UFO Disclosure Podcast. My Twitter is at UFO Disclosure with an underscore. And my YouTube channel is at UFO dash B as in Bravo R3YY. Um, keep searching for the truth. All my good intentions and love go out to all. The happiest of holidays to all. And I continue to pray for the safe return of um, hostages in Gaza. I keep praying and hoping that all those in Gaza are safe and all those in the Ukraine, please pray for those. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to my podcast. Be well.